This is a special best of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. It's faith, family, and football. Today's program will feature interviews with San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl champ and college football analyst Spencer Tillman, national anthem singer Janine Stange, former NFL Cleveland Browns defensive tackle Bob Golick, and Hunter Smith, formerly a Super Bowl champion with the NFL Colts. Visit FSPN.net for all things faith, family, and sports. Three 365 days a year or follow Roman on Twitter at soldout41 Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III Over the next hour you'll hear what's going on in the sports world from a Christian's perspective Now here's your host Roman Gabriel III Spencer Tillman, former Oklahoma and San Francisco 49er running back, CBS Sports, and uh, also with the Vimbardi Awards. And we've been talking about the next generation of kids. And, you know, if if, uh, any of you are brand new to our show, you will know that if we're talking about the next generation of kids, then you're going to hear a lot of people on this show do that. Um, I've got a great heart for kids through our program and uh, talking to people like Jalen Rose and, uh, you know, former ESPN NBA guy. You remember at Super Bowl, he he laid out a leadership program that he's doing in Michigan. And Spencer has something here that can change the lives uh, through the powerful name of Vince Lombardi, not only the most prestigious trophy in the NFL, but uh, as he has spelled out to us, uh, which was a prestigious trophy and still is, the Lombardi Award College Award. But um, uh, he's been sharing with us the opportunity uh, that he and many others are going to have to impact thousands of thousands of young students and student athletes. So, Spencer, I know we were talking about uh, just how that breaks down. Uh, it, uh, do me a favor, if you can, finish your thought where we were at when we were uh, when we were so rudely interrupted by a commercial break. <laughs> well, we got to do business, right? You no, know, the bottom line was, and I'll be briefer with this, more brief with this. It, it comes down to being able to recognize threats. You know, you, look, you've got quarterback uh, DNA in your blood, and so. <laughs> You know what this is like. The first thing you're doing when you come to the line of scrimmage, you're trying to identify where the threats are, Roman. And when you do that, after you do that, you're going to call a play or a series of plays, depending on where you are in the context of the game, that gives you the best chance to succeed against that perceived threat. And then you're going to go out and execute the plays. Well, that strategy is no different than what any Christian should be approaching life in that same manner. And so we're doing the same thing. And the threat that we've identified as it relates to uh, this particular generation, the millennial cohort, it's really globalization and all of the attendant parts that are connected with it. So many people are able to collaborate and compete for opportunities. We need to understand that we're going to fail more often than we ever have before in our nation's history. And the mindset that is required to bounce back or resiliency is what will become a premium in young people. You know, most young people and most even adults operate in probably three major functions. They're either survivors, thrivers, or they reach a growth mode. Most millennials are in a survivor mode because of those attendant factors of globalization that we talked about. And so they're okay as long as the world is in order and structures in place. When something hits them from outside, they tend to lack the coping skills that are necessary to become resilient and work through that. And so even the ones that become thrivers are okay, even more so than the survivors. But when they do get some problems, it takes a little bit more to knock them off their point, but they still need to be recalibrated. But it's the growth mindset of the ones who thrive. And we believe that Lombardi is a great example of that, so we're going to hold it up as that example. We know that Jesus is the ultimate example for that, 
But on earth, we've got to be wise and to get into those channels of education and so forth to do some quality work. Spencer, if people want more information about the Lombardi Awards, where do they go? Well, you know what, you can always just reach out to, to me, leadershipuniversity.org. You can do that, leadershipu.org, and you can uh, just send me an email or text or something like that. We'll get somebody out there uh, to, to engage you. Uh, you can always send me your direct information at info at spencertillman.com if you want to sound off and learn more about it. You can certainly do that as well. That's info at spencertillman.com. And uh, there'll be more ways you'll be able to contact us once we launch officially the website and some other things connected to the Lombardi Awards. Spencer, you've always told me, as I've gotten to know you, that your mom was a huge part of your life in terms of just uh, her leadership and some of the things that she used to say because you, you, were, you were one of those guys that – has uh, many, many sayings and can pull them out and very inspirational. So uh, t- talk to me about your mom and how she had such an impact in your life. Well, my mom was a missionary in the Churches of God in Christ and uh, a smaller denomination, but one of the largest of the African-American denominations that are out there. And she was one of those rare folks that actually did a lot of extensive traveling and around, and both domestically and abroad. And so she, at her funeral, I was really made aware of what kind of impact she really had. There's about 1,200 people there everyone from street people to a U.S. senator, uh, a mayoral candidate was there, and a couple of state representatives. And it's just the, the, the pantheon of anybody that was somebody on that side, but we all know that we all value the same in God's eyes, and, and you would see literally street people there. That's the range and reach she had. And she was full of wisdom, a, stall, a tall, stalwart woman at about six, one and a half, uh, just had a tremendous amount of wisdom. And, you know, as you pointed out, Roman, she always had a word, no matter what the circumstance was, and she would pour that wisdom into us as kids. So well, we, we didn't have much growing up in, in terms of material things, but we had plenty of love and wisdom, and it served us tremendously well as, as life has gone on. Spencer Tillman with us on Sold Out Sports Talk on AFR Talk. And uh, that's uh, – give me, give me the website again uh, that you were talking about. Well, uh, this, there's a couple of websites you can go to to learn about our curriculum. And so leadership – you leadership org is one of the sites that you can go to and access us well some of our content is on that uh leadership org, and um and then you can also go to aoc org. that's a as an apple o as an oscar c as in cat org life dot org you can go there and learn about some of our curriculum and our content that's that's there and available. And you have universities um, and schools that are using or are, 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 are taking advantage of this curriculum right now, right? Absolutely. University of Alabama has a pilot program they used last year with great efficacy. Uh, and their entire Greek system went through the program with outstanding results. We have high schools across the, the West Coast and in mid-America that are using the curriculum right now, and it will be scaled uh, throughout the nation. We're actually going to do a specific football-specific one that will be catering to high school kids around the nation that will be, will have both interactive pieces that are virtual reality-based and the standardized book forms. Uh, and that AOC journey is going to transform kids. And you're talking about having the capacity to identify 31 key characteristics or traits that define or lead to success in life or increased coping skills. That's what this program is designed to do, and it is a game-changer because uh, we know that the kids need it. To this point, we've not had a one-stop shop where you can go and have a system that through the back end you can go in and measure, 
That is, a coach can be able to detail exactly where his student-athlete is at any given point in time and approach that student-athlete with the knowledge that it's not a one-size-fits-all. Uh, you may be dealing with a, a survivor, a kid that is just okay as long as his construct is fine, but tends to go back to those base behaviors when something, some challenge enters his life. Uh, you need to know how to coach that kid differently than you would the, the thriver. The thriver is okay. He's, he's going to do fine when that small thing happens. But so you need to direct them toward the leadership development in their lives. And then the folks who have actually succeeded in the move toward that growth phase, it's about finding more significant and substantive leadership opportunities to grow them so they then in turn can duplicate your leadership uh, talents and gifts and assets. So it is a very strategic approach. It is full of efficacy. Uh, Dr. Wayne Hammonds has done a tremendous job of developing it. Eric Canna, the developer of the program, along with uh, Dave Hanna, have done a tremendous job with AOC in developing it. We're just going to take that program and cultivate a specific football uh, program, and it's going to be outstanding. Um, that's called solving problems. Uh, and as Christians, that's what we're made to do. Um, we need to do it better than the world, and uh, I, uh, I hope that you'll be praying for Spencer and, and also looking to support him in any way you can. As uh, I know our organization is completely committed to what Spencer's doing because, frankly, if any of you and many of you are involved in public schools, whether you're parents or whether you're a teacher or a coach, um, you know the, the, the critical mass that we're up against right now. We have to change the way our kids are educated, and uh, Spencer, we sure appreciate what you're working on, and we're going to continue to follow you and uh, looking forward to what the Lombardi Awards and what the, this curriculum is going to be able to do for many, many young kids in this country. Absolutely, and thank you. And you know you have our full support as well. God bless you for what you've done and your vision. You are an original. Lombardi would love you. Spencer, we love you, brother. Thanks for coming in. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. All right, Norman. Take care. Thank you, buddy. You're listening to a best-of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with national anthem singer Janine Stange. Visit FSPN.net for all things faith, family, and sports. Or follow Roman on Twitter at SoldOut41. on Sold Out Sports Talk. A happy July 4th weekend to you. Hope that you're celebrating with your family, remembering Independence Day, remembering those who stand strong uh, for us in this country, those men and women who stand in the gap and those who have given their lives uh, for our country. God bless them. And um, Janine staying with us, uh, gracious enough to stay over a couple of minutes more with us. Of course, you can find her at nationalanthemgirl.org, uh, twittering at the Anthem Girl. And uh, Janine, you know, we were talking earlier about um, just your love for the military and the opportunities that you've had to encourage uh, our military. So um, tell, tell me about the response of uh, some of the opportunities that you've had in terms of uh, the military. You know, one of the things that um, they've been talking about this last weekend is, is um, some have called for ending God Bless America during this weekend at baseball uh, stadiums across the country in the seventh inning stretch. And, uh, of course, the national anthem is, is an incredible song, but so is God Bless America. Um, how do you feel when people um, say things and attack the thing that you love the most in terms of what you've done you know, with the national anthem and what it means to our country? 
You know, it's tough, and I really, a lot of times I bite my lips. Um, I feel like sometimes the worst thing to do is join the crowd of finger-pointing and saying, you know, you're horrible, you're not patriotic. And I try to just say, I'm going to live my life as an example. Um, a lot of people want me to try to lash out, and I, I always say, you know what, love never fails, right? I've also heard, uh, you know, sometimes people have said, well, what do you think about the people that, you know, they disrespect the anthem? I feel like they haven't had the experience, and it's important for us to flood. There's a quote, and I don't remember it, but it's about uh, flooding good. In other words, if, if, you're, if you're wanting to see a change, rather than pointing, you could light a candle or you could curse the darkness. And how I feel about that is to say, well, let's, let's try to, you know, add a lot more experiences for people to see. Uh, I always say, when if, if I guarantee you people that are being negative about these types of things, are, are, they've never had an experience. They've never met a Purple Heart recipient. They've never met somebody who has sacrificed so much or a mom who's currently sacrificing because her son is, or daughter is overseas. So I feel like they just haven't had that experience. I'm not making an excuse for them, but what I'm saying is they should be able to interface with something, and I really feel that it would change their mind and their heart. So um, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I've been at tables where I have people come up to sign thank you notes for the military after I sing the anthem, and some people were like, for the military? No, I'm not interested. And it takes every cyber of my being not to, like, take, I'm, a, I'm from Long Island, you know? <laughs> I don't want to take their head and be like, boom, <laughs> are you kidding me? But I bite my lip, and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Either you're, you're a lost cause or you some, something's going to happen where you're going to realize, hey, you know, this is an amazing country, and I, I am here because of the sacrifices of others, and freedom is not free. Uh, they're going to learn one way or another. So, well, 2014, you had a goal, and that was to sing in all 50 states, and you reached that goal and accomplished it, which no one had ever done before. So tell me about maybe some new goals. What's, so what's on, what's on tap for the future for Janine? Well, what I really feel is taking this to uh, a deeper level and sharing those types of stories. But as we mentioned before, it's really about using this experience as a tool to help impact other people. And not everybody's going to want to do something to quote-unquote make, make history or, or whatever, but there are goals that everyone has in their life. And it's always helpful to see an example of someone who didn't have everything handed to them, but with determination and with, you know, empowered by a cause, they were able to accomplish it. So that's what I'm working toward, um, speaking more and more, uh, in schools, obviously, I love performing uh, and singing the national anthem, and that's something I'll always do. Um, but speaking to companies, I mean, I spoke at a sales event and um, told them all about the different things that I went through, and I realized how relatable it was to sell. <laughs> so no. I, I didn't have anybody booking all these events for me. I was making all these cold calls myself. I was handling the publicity and the marketing and what every every aspect of it. And a lot of times people who are self-starters, whether they're starting their own business or in sales, it's very similar. So um, I was able to share how all that came together and, and the different things that I did. And a lot of times it's not some big, you have to go some huge marketing course to learn everything. It's like take one principle and apply it and you'll get there. But a lot of times we have so much information accessible to us. We're like, oh, let me just watch more help, self-help videos. It's like, no, you know enough. <laughs> Do something. So, um, Janine Stang is with us. I have some other ideas, but... 
American Family Radio is a group of very patriotic, very supporting the troops, uh, God, family, and country. Uh, we have an incredible audience uh, on this network, and um, we're very proud of the fact that um, protecting our country, that um, giving the tools to uh, the people in our audience to protect family, to protect Christian principles, to protect America is what we're all about. So, you know, with July 4th coming up Monday, Janine, I'm going to ask you a big mm-hmm. favor. Um, why don't you do me a favor, just sing me a little bit of the national anthem so that our, our fans can get a little appreciative out there on, uh, that are looking forward to barbecuing, looking forward to celebrating the troops, looking forward to the fireworks. Give me just a little bit. And it doesn't have to be you know a big deal, but just a little bit so they can hear you. Sure, no problem. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming. Keep going. Awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Janine, we certainly appreciate you coming, and what a great weekend to have you. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you soon, hearing more about uh, your great ministry to people. It's just amazing uh, how you have used what is the most iconic song in, in our uh, society to reach so many people, to touch so many people, and to support so many people. So we appreciate everything you're doing. Remember, if you want information, nationalanthemgirl.org, Twitter at The Anthem Girl. Janine, thanks for coming in. We'll look forward to catching up with you soon. Oh, awesome. Thanks so much, Roman. Janine, staying with us. That's right. Boy, what a what an incredible young lady and uh, awesome story. Uh, so glad we could have her in, especially to celebrate July 4th weekend and um I hope that uh, her words and uh, her commitment will help you remember um, that as you get ready to light up that barbecue on Monday uh, and as you get ready to celebrate a day off, as you get ready uh, to maybe throw the football around with your kids or to uh, go see the mountains or the beach, um, that you remember what a great country we live in, um, the responsibility that we have to the United States of America and that we are the people who make it up, and uh, the great work God did in creating uh, the most unique country in the world. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the National Anthem, God, country, family. And um, if people think that sounds sappy on the outside, then that's their problem. Because I tell you, uh, we're so fortunate uh, to be and blessed to be living in this great country. And I hope that uh, we all take responsibility. Uh, Again, I want to thank the military, um, all of the armed forces, uh, all of those that stand part-time and full-time in harm's way, Um, you veterans out there who, through many wars in this country, have uh, spilt your blood and given your sacrifice for our great country, for the independence that we have, and, of course, for those originals um, here that started it all off. It took blood, sweat, and tears to separate from England initially to, uh, through a civil war, through a world war, two of those, uh, Vietnam, and then all of what we've been through in the Middle East. So uh, we celebrate Independence Day, July 4th. It's uh, great to have you on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. And uh, what a great network that starts with America, American. And uh, I want to thank, of course, as I always do, the 
president of American Family Radio, Tim Wildman, AFR, Jim Stanley, uh, Adam Suddeth, our producer, uh, so many other producers, Jeff Reed and others that have uh, worked on this show over the last five years. We're just grateful to be able to serve you, grateful to be able to bring you a program about faith, family, and sports and about what it's like um, to be a role model, to make a difference in people's lives. And uh, as I said before, and I've said many times to students, I've said it on this show, success has two components. We live in a great country that offers us an opportunity to be successful, to be whatever it is we want to be, to accomplish what we want to accomplish. And you heard Janine talking about setting goals and work ethic and all the things that go into persevering, um, choosing the right things, choosing the right people around you. But the second part of success might be even more important. And that is that we recognize that God's given us our talents and abilities. And if we're fortunate and blessed to reach our goals and dreams and to have the opportunity to be everything that we've wanted to be and to do what we love to do, then we need to uh, put a hand out to somebody else to help them to become what they want to become and the potential that they have and to be uh, that word of encouragement, to be that person, to be that opportunity to help others be successful through our platform and through everything that you uh, and God has done for us. So uh, that's the beauty uh, of this great weekend is, is not only independence, but we also know that independence came through focusing on the principles of God and developing the foundation of a, of a uh, country through God. And uh, we're grateful for that uh, here, grateful for the opportunity to be blessed and, um, you know, that's why I love bringing these people in. Um, there's just so many positive, faith-based people out there that are making a difference in every aspect of life. And um, there couldn't be anything more important than the national anthem and what the song that represents this great country. Um, when we come back, uh, we'll get you ready for your sports weekend. We'll get you ready for uh, hopefully a great weekend of barbecuing, fireworks, uh, Monday's official celebration. So I hope that you are traveling safely with family. I hope that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that you uh, have an opportunity to turn the radio on at uh, AFR.net streaming. Over 150 cities across the country, you can check that out. Or at uh, AFR Talk Free app on your Droid, iPhone, iPad product. Uh, of course, you missed the program. Tell your friends, podcast page, AFR.net, Sold Out Sports Talk. Adam will have this interview and uh, our last 10 uh, up for you. So when we come back, we'll finish it off on a July 4th weekend, Independence Weekend on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Welcome back to a best-of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with former NFL Cleveland Browns player Bob Golick. Visit FSPN.net for faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. Or follow Roman on Twitter at SoldOut41. Uh, he played in the rugged days before they... Didn't let you hit a quarterback. Yeah, we didn't, Hammed, we, we didn't even hammer. wear face masks. Yes, that's right. You had four steps to the quarterback, could hit him in the head, kick him, spit on him, and then out of bounds you could say hello to him. Yeah, as long as we helped him up, we was all okay. This is all good, yeah. all yeah. good. 
Bob Golick here with us, former Cleveland Brown, Ohio guy, and um, got his own show down here. And, and, you know, I found out something I did not know about you, that you're a politics guy doing news talk. It's not a sports show. You're down here doing news talk. You know, I did sports talk about 10 years in that when I was in L.A., and, I, and, but every, and, and it was fun. But every time something happened, like a domestic violence thing or a, a racial, uh, a racism type story, I would find a professor at USC or somebody, and I'd, I'd say, "Hey, come on, can we talk about this?" And one day, my wife goes, "You know, you have such good shows when you when you go into that when you when you get in get depth off the into this stuff." <laughs> well, I mean, it's sports, but it's also it's deeper real in the sports. It's 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 yeah. sports people in real life. And so I said, well, someday if I ever get the chance, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. And I had gone back to, to Cleveland uh, with my parent. My, my dad was uh, getting was sick a little bit. And I said, time to go back and hang with him for a yeah. little bit. And uh, I got an opportunity and at the station, and, uh, and now I sit there every day. And although the good thing is I can still talk some sports sure. because it's – Well, cl- sports and politics is like having two different tables, but they're the same. Oh, yeah. Plus, we got the Browns, so there's always something to talk about. Oh, my about. goodness. Uh, there is something to talk about when it comes yeah. to the Browns, man. Well, we got to get them back in shape. What's going on? Well, the latest thing was Josh Gordon, our, our top flight wide receiver. Who, who we let back in. Who we let back up in. up again, right? And uh, I, I guess they te- he tested positive. I don't know what for. I think he was just drinking or something. But but the, the rules state, if you've done it yeah. before, no no substances like that. And he did it. And well, you would think that they would. You would think that they would get that at some point after being suspended for what was it, ten games? ten games. Well, here's the thing too. He just and and uh, Charles Barkley made a comment back when you know last year when he was coming back when uh, Gordon was coming right. back in, and and I think Stephen A. Smith talked about said something too, and uh, because uh, the other day Josh Gordon did a I guess what they call an open letter. And he said, "Listen, I'm not. Uh, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a drug addict, and I, I'm not somebody that needs to be picked on and held up as a, as an example of uh, talent, per, talented person's gone life wrong. gone bad." And I'm like, "You know what? You're you're exactly that. You're exactly that. You know, <laughs> you, yeah, can, but, but you know what, Bob? It's sad because I work with students on alcohol abstinence drug program in junior high and high schools. Yeah. The problem is, is that." The biggest problem with alcoholics is the denial. Yeah. It's nobody can tell them that they have the problem. Everybody knows they do, but you can't tell them. And you can be a brother, you can be a husband, you can be the closest person in their life, and they're yep. just not going to believe it until they hit bottom. So we're back in Akron, Ohio, is the, the is, is where AA started. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we get a chance to talk to some of the people there from the original, and it's the same thing. It's, it's about the denial, and until you hit that point, where you're willing to, instead of instead of make excuses, uh, you're ready to say, you know what, you're right. Um, you're, you're not going to do anything. Well, so I had a younger brother um, that started when he was a sophomore in high school, his first time. And, of course, I had a grandmother who died of alcoholism. So oh, he, wow. he did not know that. Um, it ran in our family. And uh, he drank for 17 years. I never knew it. He, he hit it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I found him on the day he hit bottom. And, and it wasn't by plan. I just happened to... Stop by his house on a Saturday morning, mm-hmm. go in the door to see how he was doing, laying on the floor, and uh, you know had been out the night before, no car in the driveway, didn't know where it was, all disheveled, dirty. Yeah. But the bottom line is, we checked him into rehab, and he's been he's been you know uh, drive since '88, and proud of him. He's done a great job, and he's, he's doing super in his life. 
But it was the same thing. He he told me. I mean, you just deny it. You just think that you know I can handle this. This isn't oh, that big a deal. Uh, and and I think in football, you know, especially when you played, you know, the the prescription drugs were so available in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was at Oakland, even in, in you know 1982, I mean, they were right there for you to you know if you wanted to get a little high, you wanted to get a little low, or whatever yeah. you wanted, it was there. Drink a cup of coffee with it. Uh, but these days, uh, you know, with the drug policy being a little bit different, and these guys, you know, 20, 24 hours a day, 365, they're in shape. They're, they're, it's a full-time deal. Out. When exactly. you played, it wasn't that way. I mean, when my dad played, he was one of the few guys in the Rams that didn't have a, a job in the offseason. Well, because uh, he's a quarterback. He made more money. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you exactly. go. But, but I still know a lot of his teammates that are they're CEOs of companies. I mean, because that's what they did in the offseason. The money wasn't there. Exactly. Well, I just just actually, the other night, spent uh, a couple hours talking with uh, Jerry Kramer. Yeah, and great. you know, just from the from those days, and you could just just to hearing the stories and talk to him, you could just tell it was a whole different thing, even from our era, but but so far removed from what it is now that it's almost unrecognizable. Well, and the free agency thing really changed yeah, things big time. I mean, one thing that I really loved about the game of football, you know, when you played and my dad played back then, is that you know, 45 guys, you knew who they were, you built the team through the draft, mm-hmm. maybe a trade here and there. Uh, but you knew the team. I mean, yeah. people identify with the team, not with individuals. Same thing with baseball. I, I lost baseball lost me uh, when you know you had a San Francisco Giant winning a World Series and then leaving the next year to go play for the Dodgers. Right. When yeah. I followed the Dodgers, I knew every player on the team, and they would they would mm-hmm. they would they would die a thousand deaths before stepping in a giant locker room. Right. And now it's uh, as long as they get a new contract that pays more, they'll they'll step anywhere. And in a, in it's it, it brings on a, this disingenuousness too, where you'll hear players say, "I you know they'll get drafted by a team and say, I am so happy to be in Cleveland. I'm so happy to be a Brown. Yeah. I've grew up like this.' And you know, the first chance they get. To, to be free agents Three and, years to, and to find somewhere to go and get a better deal and head to the coast or or a team that wins more, they're gone. I mean, this the the, 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 the crap that they just throw out there is just, is, you know, and we sit there and we take it. Right. Luckily, you know, we have some experience at, at reading crap. Well, so I, what we, I love about doing this doing. show, when I, did, when I got asked to do this show four years ago, um, they said, you know, we really would like to have a – faith-based or character-based sports show mm. for men on our network because there's really nothing for That's the great. man to yeah. do. So he said, you know, I know you do this already. I was doing a three, five-day-a-week, three-hour show, which you know all about. And he said, you know, I'll tell you what, we'll supply you with everything that you need, you know, if you'll just do this show because I oh, think it'll be great. Fantastic. So they gave me carte blanche. I, it's all about personalities. It's mm. all about guys' lives and stories. You know, yes, it's like a, my wife laughed the other day before I left on Monday and we were watching NFL Network, and they they were touting like eighty seven hours of straight, you know, Super Bowl coverage. You know, we'll bring it to you, you know, for mm-hmm. our in our pregame show on Sunday of eight hours, the AM show. And I thought to myself, you know, fans have had enough of that. I mean, yeah. what fans want to know is who the people are. They want to know who the players are. They want to they want to get to know. They want to they want to something that they can say. You know what? I'm like that. Uh, so my thing was, is I want to do a show where people get to know these guys and you have yeah. time to be able to do that. You know, I don't even know if people know they want that. I think, I mean, look around here, and it's, you know, it's not a knock on anybody, but it's, you know, it, it, people are in such uh, it's, it's such an, an heightened state. I mean, it's just, yeah. oh, it's a Super Bowl, oh, it's this, and they get, they get caught up in that eight hours of this and eight hours of that. 
that they they will sit there and they will they will listen to interviews and listen to people say right. the most cliche things over and over again. And you sit there, and they go, "Oh my God, I can't believe you said that." Well, see, and, this but, is but, they, but they're saying nothing. But they're so so. They're, yeah, so it's like it sounds good. It's like we've hyped them up into this this frenzy. I'm with Bob Golick, uh, former Cleveland Brown, but more importantly, and I didn't say this: firing Irish in Notre Dame. You know, I, I always Why forget. Why did you roll about your that. eyes? Well, hey, I, I grew up in Southern California. <laughs> I was a USC <laughs> oh, fan, that's man. Right. That'll Come do on, it. That'll I just do said, it. you know, I had Michael. Uh, who came by here? That Michael Chiklis came by, the actor from uh, oh, yeah. Commission, a little while ago. Yeah. We're sitting here talking. He's a huge Boston fan, right? Mm. And I told him, I said, you and I would never get along. I grew up. I was a Laker fan. First of all, you hated the Celtics, even though it was a great rivalry. You and I mean, you you wanted to see the Celtics crush. Yeah. You know, and and as far as the Boston Bruins, no. I, I grew up as a Kings fan, a Lakers fan, a Dodgers fan. I wasn't an Angels fan because they were terrible at the yeah, time. And, and nobody then. liked the Clippers then. And so. nobody liked <laughs> the Clippers then, exactly. But I bet you out of the, the I don't know, how many, how many hours do you think we've been down here the last five days? How many hours? Seven? Something like that. I bet you out of, the, out of 30 hours of broadcast time here, I have probably talked about this game for – less than 45 minutes mm -hmm. which is so refreshing it really is because when i go to media day i mean you, you know how it is these guys are tired go. these guys are tired after after 10 questions yeah. it's all over yeah then you go on tuesday and they want to ask them the same questions and i'll tell you a great story ray lewis uh pro bowl years ago yeah and you know ray ray got his life together and and, and you know he's he's a strong christian he taught you know he's very very excited and passionate about helping kids and right. you know just pumped up well, we're in the Pro Bowl afterwards. You know how Pro Bowls are. It's yeah. pretty low-key. Mm -hmm. We're in the locker room, and uh, we're interviewing Ray. And all these guys are talking to Ray about, I don't know, how do you talk about strategy of the Pro Bowl? You know, what just happened in the yeah, Pro Bowl? Just, yeah, could you tell me, me about what happened? Yeah. And, and, you know, he's rolling his eyes, and he's giving the standard answer like he wants to kill somebody. And I remember walking up with the cameraman. I said, Ray, I said, I understand that um, uh, that you're really excited about speaking to men about your faith. And, um we're doing a thing for a church on Sunday for about 8,000 guys or, you know, whatever it was. And um, tell me about what you would tell those men, you know, about life and about what you've learned. And, you know, his, his eyes like went like a, like seeing a running back coming through a hole and having a beat on him. And, and he talked for like 10 minutes straight. And everybody around him was like going, wait a minute. I'm like asking questions. He's giving me like the three-second answer. Yeah. See ya. But it's like what we're talking about. People like to talk about what they have a passion yeah. about. And, and think about it. I think more people, I think more of the players would. Uh, I think that they, they just don't think that they can. They have to They have to say the things they have to say. And it just, so they, and it's one of the reasons they hate doing these things. Uh, the One of the reasons Marshawn Lynch, oh, I don't even know what the reason is for that, but, but it's one of the reasons these guys don't like to do it because they have, there's certain things they have to say. And they know they're being cliche and they know they're being repetitive. But uh, if you if you gave them the venue to open it up where they could they could say something more yeah. and actually be honest about right. it and say yeah we're you know we're this we're that no if you can be honest about what you're saying and open up and and not even be about football but or be about it but say things that that aren't that's right aren't expected or something that somebody else hasn't hasn't shoved down your throat see him, people it, these some of the players would love it in my 20 years of doing this. Players love me because I, I'm not interested in critiquing their play. Right. They get critiqued every five minutes. I'm interested in, let, in talking to them about what they love to do, about what interests them, yeah. about the things that gets them fired up. 
And that's why they love it when they see me coming because, you know, they know that they can trust me. I, my, I have a father who played 17 years. I played in the league. Listen, I, I would never do anything to hurt a player. Yeah. Um, they get enough of that. Um, but, uh, you know, we want to be honest and responsible, but mm. my job isn't to kick somebody's tail. My yeah. job is if you're going to come on my show, then what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about what you want to talk about and let's have some fun. Yeah, I'm, never, I, I'm the same way. I don't criticize players. And mainly because I don't get bad players. I only get the really good players. I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, you know, nobody ever makes a mistake in the NFL. No, no, of course not. Of course not. Uh, Bob Golick, right here in American Families. You're listening to a best of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with Hunter Smith from the Indianapolis Colts. Visit FSPN.net for all things faith, family, and sports, or follow Roman on Twitter at SoldOut41. guest coming in is a good friend, a guy who was a member of the 2006 Super Bowl champion Indianapolis Colts, also with the Redskins, had a great career punting in the NFL, and of course we've talked to him about the Hunter Smith band, and uh, he's got a bunch of stuff always going on, including being a father of uh, four four kids, so Hunter Smith in with us. Hunter, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Roman. How are you this morning? Hey, I'm pumped up. I'm uh, excited to have you on. we got NFL season kicking off, and you and I both know that when the NFL season starts, all life is right, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everything just comes together. Yeah, we got something sure. to talk about. Training camp. Well, well, first of all, tell me about this. You play obviously you played a long time in the NFL, and, and you know the grind of training camp. Uh, for for those that don't understand what training camp's all about, give people an idea of what guys are going through as they check in this last week. Well, it's amazing. The NFL has so many different realities that are uh, represented, and. Uh, you know, some guys are getting there at their first training camp and they've never uh, been to one before and they're just hoping to get an opportunity to put the helmet on and get out there and try and, and make a play. Some guys have been there for 10 years and it's just another year and back to the grind. And then there are some guys, you know, that are uh, five-year players and they're just trying to make a long career out of it. And, and you know, and everywhere in between those kind of, uh, you know, those kind of landmarks there. It's different for everybody, but one thing that's pretty consistent for everybody this time of year is that it will be hot and it will be a lot of hard work. Hunter, what do you miss most about football? You know, the only thing that I miss about it is uh, the camaraderie, and in particular the camaraderie with the guys and coaches that I've played with. I've got plenty of friends uh, and, and close people that I'm close to moving forward in life. Uh, but there's nothing quite like, you know, having a group of special people around you and playing football games. That, that's a special deal. Now, we had you on about a year ago, and you had your book out, The Jersey Effect, which was a book written about many of your close teammates on the Indianapolis Colts and the faith, family, and football atmosphere of that football team. Uh, t- tell me about the results of that book and how that changed your life. Well, I mean, I think staggering is, you know, people say something is staggering. They're, they're trying to really make a statement. I would say, based on what we were trying to do when we started writing that book, the results have been staggering. Uh, We simply set out to try and speak into a vacuum out there. There's a a real loss of perspective concerning sports at every 
at every level. And we really wanted to speak into that and, and be a voice to add a proper perspective. And we didn't realize just how strong that vacuum and how empty it was. Uh, you know, we we have we've been able to start an initiative in Indiana schools called the Jersey Effect 360. Uh, the Jersey Effect itself has sold uh, thousands more copies than we anticipated it would ever ever sell. Um, and beyond all of that, beyond initiatives, beyond book sales and all that stuff, the individual lives that reach out to us and tell us how this book and its message, uh, this chapter, this particular line, uh, change their lives, change their perspective, change them as a coach, change them as a player, change them as a parent, uh, that has been by far uh, the most special thing. We've been very pleased with what the Lord has done with the Jersey Effect. And, of course, you want to get the Jersey Effect, and you missed out on it. It's a great book. Uh, several of, of uh, not only Hunter, but Hunter's teammates with the Indianapolis Colts, uh, Tony Dungy, of course, uh, was in that book as well. You can get it at huntersmithband.com uh, and uh, amazon.com. Where else can they get it uh, if they want to get the book? They can go to jerseyeffect.com. That's, okay, kind of where, that's, the, that's the hub of everything. Okay, so jerseyeffect.com. And, you know, you talked about, several of the guys talked about this in the book, just about platform, about how important it is to not only be aware of the influence you have on other people around you, no matter who you are, uh, but understanding that success goes far beyond ourselves, but how we can help others be successful. And that's something we've tried to uh, permeate in the schools and through our sold-out programs. And that's what I love about what you do is being able to turn uh, a successful football career into something that helps thousands of people. And um, tell me about how that's impacted you and your family in terms of just uh, the opportunities that have come your way and how you've taken advantage of them. Well, I would say practically and first and foremost, uh, part of the message of the book is that people, just very simply put, need to have other interests in their life outside of athletics. And so for me, leaving the game of football, uh, which was very much a vocation for 25 years of my life, I needed to move forward in life with uh, with with something to do, with something that I, uh, you know, uh, could not just fill my time, but give me purpose and provide for my family. And the Jersey Effect... Uh, unintentionally, to be honest, we never intended it to be what it has been, uh, has has allowed me uh, a career speaking, and it's allowed uh, my band, we sell the books at our shows, we're, we're able to get it out there through that platform. My kids are able to uh, come with me and watch me speak and kind of follow my career and understand that, you know, Daddy wasn't just a football player who's going to sit on the Internet the rest of his life. Daddy is a retired player, and he's moved on. He's much more than that. He's going to be a... Uh, an influence in the culture. So I would say it's affected my life and the life of my family, uh, you know, quite a bit. You know, the news has been full of, uh, unfortunately for the NFL, a lot of negative this summer. Uh, when you talk about the lawsuit uh, with the concussion issue uh, here recently, uh, the Ray Rice issue uh, with with abuse of a spouse, and uh, I know that Roger Goodell and the NFL is catching a lot of heat for what many consider to be a slap on the hand for a couple of game suspension. Um, we've, we've had the situation uh, where really pop culture and the world's culture is really caught up with the NFL in terms of it's, uh, it's no longer kind of separate out there, Hunter, in terms of being a game. It's almost like every situation that takes place now becomes the center of attention in the real world. Yes, uh, that, that is true. It's, um, 
and, and to me, it's a little bit of a shame, Roman. I, I miss the days where the game was the game, and it was not so much about all of the subplots going on. And I think that that's really going to disservice to uh, young people everywhere on a lot of levels. I mean, I, I think it's good for kids to have role models, but the problem with pop culture being privy to everything that goes on on an NFL team is NFL teams are not necessarily made up of model citizens. And so you have a child, and he uh, idolizes a particular player, and then because of the information age we live in, he can find out anything about that player, including his faults, his addictions, his relational issues. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of young people don't see past that kind of behavior, and they follow their models and they follow their role models uh, right off the cliff in a lot of instances. It's a bad it's a bad pattern. It's a deadly cycle, and we got to reverse it. Hunter Smith, our guest, former Super Bowl champion, Indianapolis Colts, Notre Dame fighting Irish, and uh, huntersmithband.com is where to go if you want to find out where he's going to be and where his band will be. And if you want a great show and uh, faith and family atmosphere, that's the Hunter Smith Band uh, is will uh, let you know where, where he's going to be. But, you know, Hunter, getting back to where we are as a society, I mean, right now we're probably – you know, when you look at, I talked to a lot of Christians today that talk about the end times and say, man, you know, even some prominent pastors and people that you would go, you would kind of sit up and say, well, man, he's talking about end times. He's talking about, you know, uh, things are happening right now so fast in the world and things seem to be spinning out of control. And when you talk to people who do not have a faith-based background, there's a lot of fear in this country right now. Yeah. And you know, there is, I, I think about that a lot. I've done some research on it. Um, you know, I, I forget who it was. I think it was maybe, uh, <laughs> it may have been, uh, oh, one of those great fathers of the faith who said, the only thing stranger than talk of the end times are, you know, is the people who talk about them. Uh, and uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's a funny quote. But in these days, you're seeing a lot of that talk from all different camps. And one of the things, if I could speak into that a little bit, I don't disagree with, you know, being privy to the times and, and you know, the birth pains, as Jesus called them. But, but you know, I think a lot of it is spiced up with a whole bunch of fear and a whole bunch of sensationalism. And I don't think that anyone should lose, fact, uh, should lose sight of the fact that uh, God is uh, completely sovereign, in control, and over all of it. And though uh, terrible things are happening and, and are bound to happen, uh, great things are happening also, and it all is uh, nearing something that's even greater. Hunter Smith, our guest, Indianapolis Colts Super Bowl champion, huntersmithband.com, uh, thejerseyeffect.com for his book, and, of course, you can catch both of those if you see him in concert and go out and check out uh, the band because they have a lot of fun, and uh, it's a great place to bring your kids as well. And you've got four, nine, six, four, and one. So, Hunter, what have you learned uh, as a as a father? Uh, we talked to a lot of fathers and parents out there about how to juggle a busy schedule and how to juggle priorities in this very busy world, especially as busy as you are. Yeah, what I've learned, I've learned that before children, I pretty much didn't know anything. Everything <laughs> that everything I know has come since the birth of my children, or so it seems. Uh, you know, I think what it's done. You know, it's it's, it's kind of like this, Roman. We can talk about what's happening in pop culture. We can talk about the huge issues of the day, the war in Ukraine, the war in Israel, uh, all that's going on across the globe and the signs of the times. And, uh, 
and the bottom line is tonight when I get home from work, um, I'll have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, and they'll be outside holding a soccer ball, wanting to play soccer. And it kind of, uh, you know, I think about the global problems and all the things that seem so imminent. But uh, right now, probably the most imminent thing in my life is the emotional needs of my kids. And we have a lot of activity in our culture, but unfortunately there's a lot of neglect uh, as it pertains to people just spending time, quality time, uninterrupted time with their children. And so I think what I've learned most of all is actually life is about less activity, more quality time than what children are talking Hunter Smith, our guest. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III on AFR Talk. Podcasts of this program are available at AFR.net. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week for Sold Out Sports Talk. Yeah.